Welcome to the Unicorn Cloud Audio Journal Podcast. Today is October 16th, 2020. Come on in, church, and gather yourselves. This episode is going to be about love. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about love. For those of you who are new, welcome, God bless you, I love you. I call you guys my tribe or my cousins because I don't like the term followers. I don't believe that anyone um, who comes to this podcast is a follower. You are destined and ordained to be a leader in this world and to um, leave your mark in this world before it's time for you to go. And your time may not, no time soon. (laughs) You have a purpose. And you have passion. And until you fulfill that, you will be here. And so, with all of that being said, I call us the tribe of Israel, which is in the Bible, because we are a chosen people that was set apart to blaze trails for other people to follow behind us as our successor. Right? And I like to call us the the salt of the earth, the the modern 2020 Jesus on earth. And I say that because when you look at what's written in the Bible, you'll see that Jesus was not a follower. He had disciples, 12 disciples. And being that part of your purpose in life is to be a leader. Um, you too will, will raise up a remnant, um, really after God's own heart, but they'll be in your likeness and in your image. So, um, you didn't come across this podcast by luck. It was fate. It was designed. It was meant to be. And whatever it is that I'm talking about on this podcast, it was meant for you to hear, to answer the question that has been on your heart. For my day ones that has been with me since season one, welcome, God bless you, and I love you. Gather yourself, honey. (laughs) Today's podcast is interesting. So, let us get into it, honey. Did y'all gather yourselves? Okay, I hope you gather yourself. Gather your drink, gather your water, gather your pen, your pencil, your notepad, whatever instrument or device you use to write, go and get it. So, Judas... And I told you guys about Judas before. Um, if you're new, just go back and listen to the last two podcasts. So I have spoken to Judas. And Judas told me that she was in love with two people. And it dawned on me, how so? So let us first, before we get into it, let us first, hold on, tribe, hold on, cousins, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, I want you to go and grab your Bible, grab your Bible, if you don't have one, follow along, and write this down, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians Corinthians 13. I'm pulling I'm pulling up my Bible, y'all. 
Hold on, hold on. Pulling up my Bible. I don't know if I told you guys this, but I'm going to reiterate this. Um, in your Play Store, you can um, search for this Bible app. And it's called Version. Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And it is absolutely free. And in this Bible, it has a plethora of different versions of the Bible. They have um, movies in the Bible. Well, Bible movies within this app. They have um, what they call daily plans that can last anywhere from a day to, I think I saw one that said 45 days. There could be some that last longer than that. I'm not sure about it, but the purpose of it is that you would read the daily devotion and then the scriptures that correlate with that particular um, daily devotion, but they all have topics like depression, anxiety, finances, family, marriage, all sorts of things, spiritual gifts, all sorts of things. And so I downloaded um, this app and... I've had it for a couple of years now, and I absolutely love it. So, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13, and let us start at verse 4. I'm going to change from the Amplified Version to the Complete Jewish Bible. Complete Jewish Bible. No, matter of fact, let's go to the message version. We getting there, child. We getting there. We'll go to the message version. All right. First Corinthians 13, verse 3 through 7. And it reads, If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake, to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So, no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel with others when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back. But keeps going ahead. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We know only a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. 
But when the complete arrives, our incompleteness will be canceled. Now let's read that in another version so that we can be clear. Let's go to the well-known King James Version. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity, we, we don't even know what they're talking about because the believeth and beareth. We don't want this version. Hold on, child. English Standard Version. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And the word of the Lord is blessed. So we know what the Bible say about what love is. Let us take a look at what love is from a humanly perspective. So Judas told me that she was in love with two different men. And one she was mentally detached from, and the other one she was emotionally detached from. I said to myself, that doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. No, I don't get it. Her mouth was saying one thing, but her actions were saying something else. She doesn't, she said she didn't want to be bothered. But yes, she ended up in the bed with two different men. So how do you go from not wanting to be bothered to rolling around in a bed with two different men to I love you? And she told me one of the persons, she was saying to the person, I belong to you, I love you, I was designed for you, so forth and so on. And I said to myself, oh, that's why he be going ballistic like that. Because of what she, was, what she be saying to him. I should have known. So what's her purpose in saying these things and then turning around and having sex with him to only make her actions say something completely different? So you're telling him you love him, you want to be with him for life, God designed her for him, so forth and so on. But then when you're away from him, you're ignoring his calls, you're ignoring his texts, you ain't got no time. So then I thought, that's probably how she extracts money from out of him. She know how he think and how to manipulate his emotions, basically. And she know that once she manipulate his emotions and give him some punani, he'll come up off that money. He going to break bread. And that's pretty much what she wants from him.
money. But why go through the hassle of telling someone that you that you love them? Like who who are you fooling? Cause it's not me. And if he see that her actions are not in alignment with her words, why does he stay? That's that's saying to me that he's just as dysfunctional and toxic and an emotional train wreck as she is. But so she tells me, oh, you know, he has some good qualities about him. I do miss him. I'm for real about that. You know, I love him and so forth and so on. She's telling me why she likes him. And then when it comes to the other guy that she rolled around in the bed with, she told me she liked him because she loved him because she was able to be herself around him and to feel comfortable around him. She was able to confide in him. And then the cocky game is lit. It'd be taking her to ecstasy. She'd be in like Kaya. She in, she in ecstasy, but in Kaya. Two different dimensions. <laughs> y'all make myself laugh, for real. I do be making myself laugh. So if y'all hear me laugh at my own jokes, don't think I'm weird. I, I, I just hope that <laughs> you laugh at your own jokes, too. But she be in two dimensions with this guy. So we're going to call good peen guy A. Or we're going to call the toxic guy guy B. Guy A, good peen. Guy B, Mr. Toxic. Following? Okay. So I said to her, okay. So, please explain to me, and I've been wanting to know this, all my life. And I've always heard men and women say that they were in love with two different people. And anytime I asked them how, they really couldn't answer the question. And so, I want to ask you the same thing, Judas. How did you get to that place? What do you tell yourself to be in love with two different people? How do you find the space in your heart to be in love with two different people? And she says, well, you know, I just have a good heart. No, no, no. I'm not asking you that. I'm not asking you about your characteristic. I'm asking you to explain to me how did you get to a place where you're in love with two completely different people. Though they're so different, it's like day and night. It's like the sun and the moon. It's like Earth and Jupiter. They're so different. So how do you 
fall in love with people. First of all, two different people. First of all, two people. And secondly, two completely, they're like polar opposites. How, Sway? How? And she started laughing because I always have 101 jokes. And even though I'm making light of the situation, I'm being serious. Tell me how you found room in your heart to love two people. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. Love is enduring. Love never ends. Love never fails. So with all of those things that love come with, how can you split that between two people? How do you love yourself first? Love God, love your children, love your family, love your friends, and love two different men too. And she was thinking about what I was saying. And so she says, well, would Guy B, you know, I fell in love with him because he did this and he got his good ways and he taught me how to soften up and so forth and so on. I said, okay, so... Part of the reason why you fell in love with him is because that he's family oriented and that's what you like about him. You're a family oriented person because that's how you grew up. So you were attracted to a man who was family oriented. Okay, got it. I hear you telling me um, the characteristics that you like about him. I understand how you got to that place, but I need you to tell me, how do you have room in your heart to love him and someone else too? Where did it come from? How did you get to that place? And I might be wording it wrong, but I, I don't want you to tell me about characteristics. I don't want you to explain to me why you made the type of decision that you made concerning him. I'm asking you about the emotion of love. She couldn't answer that question. So then we went to guy A. Good peen. And she starts explaining to me about his characteristics and why she liked him and how she got butterflies in her stomach and how he swept her off her feet and he told her the right things and so forth and so on. And then he had good peen on top of it. I said, okay, so you're telling me why you made the type of decisions that you made concerning him, and you're telling me about his characteristics. All right, so you you love him because he's supportive, and I hear you telling me that support was something that you didn't get at home. So you like him or you fell in love with him because he was supportive. And then you fell in love with Mr. Toxic, Guy B, because he was family-oriented. All right, I got it. I understand how you got to that place. But explain to me, how can you be emotionally attached to two different people? Because when you love someone, truly and genuinely, with love is patient, love is kind, love is love never ends. We we read it in First Corinthians thirteen. You got the ups and downs of life. You got 
You know, you grow through what you go through. You got the micromanaging supervisor that you want to push into the pits of hell, but you can't do that. You got your parenting that you learn as you go along when you're a parent. And then you discover that sometimes you miss the mark and mess up with your kids. You got to rectify that. Then you got your own goals, dreams, and aspirations, and your health issues, and life's ups and downs, and family traumas, and then you got your to maintain your relationship with God, and then you have to have your me time so you can digress and gather yourself and gather your thoughts. And so then you have this emotional attachment. That comes along with true love that never ends, that never fails, that's long-suffering, that's patient, that's kind. How can you split that between two people? I spoke for myself when I said this to Judas and I said to her, I'm going to speak for myself here. When I was in love For the first time, the man swept me off my feet. He wasn't a father figure to my child, but he was financially responsible when it came to my child. And that was something that I wanted and needed. And he and I created memories together. And the pain was good on top of that. And I became emotionally attached to that man. And with that emotional attachment came the emotion of love. And because I was emotionally attached to him, I couldn't have sex with another man. There was no room in my mind for another man. I had to deal with being a teenage mom, having my own apartment, paying bills, balancing being a mother, dating life, and friends, and figuring out who's the snake, and getting that snake out of my grass, and who's there for me, and who's hating on me, and growing pains, and you learn things on a job that you never knew. It was like a lot going on. And so in my mind, I didn't have room to think about another man. And in my heart, there was no space to be emotionally attached to someone else. I could not have sex with another man because I was emotionally attached and in love with this particular man. And when you are in love with someone, That emotion of love is like a powerful drug. It's like an adrenaline rush that comes from that one particular person. And that love with your significant other is completely different from the love of your pet, the love of your children, the love of your parents, the love of your grandparents, the love of yourself. It's completely different. 
So with all of that going on, I personally did not have room or the mental capacity to even think about entertaining another man. That's why I say today, when a man say to me, what do you want? I say to him, emotional attachment. Because I know with emotional attachment, number one, there's love, there's true love. And number two, it's kind of hard to cheat when you're emotionally attached to somebody else. It's hard to do that. Kind of hard. And men can, can concur to what it is that I'm saying. When you are emotionally attached to somebody, having sex with somebody else is out of the question. Period. The question just becomes what causes a person to become emotionally attached to somebody else. And for me, my reasons is different with different people. So Judas understood what it was that I was saying to her. After I explained it that way. I so I said to her, So tell me with true love and emotional attachment, being like a powerful drug, how do you love? And have sex with somebody else. And Judas could not answer that question. She said to me, I don't know. And then she was questioning, was she really in love with these two men? And if you ask me, the answer is no. You can say, I love the way you smell. It makes me want to rip your clothes off. I love the way that you talk to me. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. It makes me feel so wanted. I love it when you pick up a vacuum cleaner and vacuum the carpets. Such a turn on. That's different. Completely different from being in love with someone. Because you are emotionally attached to the person that you are in love with. There is no room to love anybody else. Impossible. So when people tell me they're in love with two different people, they're going to have to tell me how. Sway. How? So, she couldn't answer my question. Though she understood what I was saying when I broke it down to her the way that I did. And I know she's going to need a couple of days to process what I said. And then I'll be hearing back from Judas. So here was my conclusion. And this is the point of this podcast. It is humanly impossible to be emotionally attached to two different people. 
Impossible. Impossible. Love is a very intense emotion. And with that comes emotional attachment. As I've been saying through this entire podcast. And so when you are emotionally attached to someone and in love with someone, you just can't cheat. How? So if you're one of those people that say, I love two people, you're lying to yourself. You're fooling yourself. If you are a promiscuous person, you need to stop and ask yourself, what the hell are you looking for? What the hell is your soul looking for? You may... Different people have sex for different reasons. Some people use it as a way to relieve stress. And they feel better after that. Some people have it because of pleasure. Period. But to be promiscuous is a horse of another color. Why do you do it? What are you looking for? Ask yourself, are you really getting that? If you're looking for love, now that you know what love is, if you're looking for love, ask yourself, are you getting that once the sex is over? Did you get that when the sex was over? It feels good in the moment. But once that person leaves your presence, is your love tank full? You're sexually satisfied. Is your love tank full? (sighs) Judah said to me, I recognize that something is wrong with me and I need to get busy with finding a therapist because maybe the therapist can help me out with this. And I'm saying in my head, geez, you think you're a different person every week of the month, but it's repeated month after month, year after year. You're like the Israelites who walked around the wilderness for 40 years. And you didn't see that? You ain't have no deja vu? I know I did. I know I do. But we grow through what we go through. And when it's time for for us to get revelation about ourselves first, We will get that revelation. It usually comes with a level of maturity. And if you don't reach that level of maturity, you you just don't see it. You don't see that anything is wrong. You don't think anything is wrong. So, Judas get a pass with that. I think that Judas didn't realize that through her promiscuity, through being promiscuous, let's say that, promiscuity, 
if that's even a word. We're going to Google that. <laughs> I think that she was, she didn't realize that she was actually just looking for love. But through sex. And I think that if she didn't realize it already, she'll realize it within the next few days that we don't get love through being promiscuous. The other thing that I want to tell you guys is when you know that a person is no good for you and you know because you're not stupid, you know that the person ain't no good for you. If you want to break away from that person and not be emotionally attached to that person, I'll tell you how you do it. End all communication. Stop having sex with the person. And take a moment for yourself to mentally accept why that person is no good for you. And why you're detaching yourself from that person. And it's going to be hard and it's going to take some time. Because it's very hard to fall out of love with somebody. You cannot fall out of love with somebody in 30 days or less. Impossible. Impossible. It's going to take some time. But if that's something that you truly want to do, you want to get away from the person, they're toxic, they're abusive, they're dysfunctional, even though they have their good qualities, they're disrespectful. Even though they have their good qualities, you still know that, number one, the person is not right for you. And number two, you deserve better. If you never heard anybody tell you before, I'm going to tell you now. You deserve better. We are the tribe of Israel. And God took care of Israel like nobody's business. You hear me? And if God can give his children good gifts, why can't your significant other give you good gifts as well? Why not? So you should accept less from a person? For what? If God be for you, who is against you? Take a try. Bless their heart. Take a try. But what I'm saying to you is, you deserve better. You, you don't have to stay in a toxic environment, in a toxic relationship. You don't have to sit in dysfunction. Never be comfortable in dysfunction. Let normality be your new norm. Raise your self-esteem and raise your self-confidence. Know what you bring to the table in a relationship. That person is there in your life because there's something good about you. There's some things that are good about you. So just like that toxic person appreciate what you bring to the table, somebody else can appreciate it too. 
So why not give your good gifts to somebody else who would deserve it? And why not receive good gifts from somebody and you deserve it? You deserve more. You can have more. There's a million fishes in the sea. You do not have to stay with that one little dusty, crusty fish. You don't. It's dry. And God don't give his children dry fish. <laughs> Put that on out there, honey. Okay? That little fish is swimming in the ocean, surrounded by water, and it's still dry. It's still dry. You don't need no dry fish, honey. It's a dime a dozen. And this goes for you men, too. Don't be sitting there with no dry, crusty, and dusty fish. All these fishes in the sea. You get you a healthy fish with their life together. You don't have to take that. For what? God ain't give you no dry, crusty, dusty fish. Why are you going to take it? You don't have to. The only thing with starting all over again is that you have to get to know a person, a new person, all over again. That's kind of tedious. That's the only thing with dating someone new. But if you learned about yourself and you've learned your lesson, you know what to look for. You know what type of questions to ask. You know when to keep your mouth shut and when to open up your mouth. Have boundaries. Know what you're really willing to tolerate and what a deal breaker is for you. My deal breaker is an obsessive person. You jealous? You a stalker? I can't. That's stressful. I don't want to tase nobody or pepper spray nobody or pull out my brass knuckles. And I definitely don't want to call the police because the police have a tendency of shooting to kill. I don't want that. I don't need that type of energy in my life. My deal breaker is an abusive person. You yelling and screaming and going ballistic at the top of your lungs and then you doing it in public on top of that? Mm-mm. You need to relevantly know how to communicate with a queen like me. I'm an alpha female. I'm a very clear, crystal clear communicator. We're going to sit down and talk this out and talk this through without the yelling. If you're too feminine for me, that's a deal breaker. So even though I'm an alpha female, I don't want no submissive man. Yeah, I want to have my way from time to time, but I don't want no B-I-T-C-H. Sorry. I need to be able to respect my man. And if you're wearing a skirt, walking around the house like a woman, cooking and cleaning and doing laundry and taking care of the kids, while I'm out making 100000 a year, wearing a suit, I got a problem with that. And I don't want no man... <clears throat> That's like my son. You want me to financially support you like you my son, but then you want me to respect you like you're a man? That's not how any of this works. You want to be treated like a king, but 
you want me to financially support you like you my son? That's not how any of this works. I won't respect you. I'll get real tired of you real quick. You a cheater? You a liar? You a thief? You're selfish? That's a deal breaker for me. I'm not willing to tolerate that. So to meet somebody on my level or above and we have good chemistry, that's hard to find. It's not hard to find a man. It's hard to find one like that. One where we can just vibe out together and we're on the same page. That is hard to find. So anyway... I just wanted to come on and share this story with you guys because I think it's very important for you to, first of all, stop lying to yourself. Tell the truth to yourself first. Tell the truth to God. Tell the truth to other people. That's number one. Number two, you can't be emotionally attached to two different people. You cannot be in love with two different people. That is impossible. Something you need to ask yourself, what are you looking for? What is your soul searching for? What is it that your parents did not give you that you're looking for in a significant other? Know that when you're being promiscuous, that's not helping you. Only thing that's doing is decreasing your self-worth, your value, your self-esteem, your self-confidence. It's just decreasing those things. That takes a mental toll on you after a while of being promiscuous. You become hard on yourself. By being promiscuous. Not feeling like you're worth it. And then you got to deal with the traumas that comes along with being in relationships with dysfunctional and toxic people. So now you're really hard on yourself. You really think that you don't deserve love. You really think that you don't deserve somebody to treat you the way that you deserve to be treated. Being promiscuous is not the answer. Number three, recognize that something is wrong. I've said this before and I say it again. Do not be ashamed, embarrassed, or humiliated to get a therapist. And if you need medication, get that. The next thing that I want to tell you guys and I've said this before I'll say it again speak affirmations over yourself I am loved I love myself my confidence increases my self esteem increases I believe in myself I do not fear love I do not fear trust 
I do not fear fear. Speak these affirmations over yourself. If you got to do it three times a day, then do it three times a day. Speak them. After a while, your mindset is going to shift. Your thoughts will follow your emotions. They'll come into alignment with each other. And your mindset will shift. Your subconscious and your conscious mind will shift. I promise it will. Start to treat yourself better. Treat yourself to dinner. Treat yourself to some flowers. Uh, Treat yourself to a massage, a facial, to the movies. Treat yourself. Treat yourself the way that you want somebody else to treat you. That's how you treat yourself. I want to say something real quick, too, and in specific, you women who are molested. It's time to let it go. What happened to you wasn't right. It's a violation of your sanctuary. Your sanctuary being your, your body, your personal space, your rights, your life. And you did not deserve to be violated, disrespected, and humiliated in that matter. I am sorry that it happened to you. You women have a tendency of being promiscuous when you've been molested at such a young age. And oftentimes you look for a man to protect you. And some of you apply pressure to men and say, your job as a man is to protect a woman. And y'all want to start quoting the Bible and, and saying these things to a man. And that's not right either. That's not the whole truth. It's partial truth. And a half a truth is a whole lie. Be honest and say, I was molested and I wish that there was someone there to protect me so that that situation would not have happened to me. And because of that, I seek a relationship with the man who's going to protect me. And this is what protection looks like for me. A, B, C. That's the truth. And so I want you to be more honest with yourself first. And I want you to begin to let go of that traumatic experience. And how do you let go? Emotionally detach from it. Stop holding on to it. It's holding on to you and not letting you go. It got a grip on you. 
and you got a grip on it and you're not letting it go. And old habit patterns have a way of fighting tooth and nail to stay. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight for your life. But you're going to need to let it go. It's time to let it go. And you'll discover what the reason is as soon as you reach a new level of maturity. You'll understand why. You may know why today, but you don't understand why you will in due time, in due season. All right, tribe. So I just want to close this out in prayer and um, we can be dismissed. Father, I thank you, oh God, for allowing us to come together this day in the name of Jesus. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, for hearing us, for answering us, for bringing us a balm of Gilead healing in our hearts and in our minds. God, help us to let go of those things that are toxic and dysfunctional and that are no good for us, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would give us revelation, clarity, understanding, and insight into our own situation, God. In the name of Jesus, help us to see ourselves first. Help us to point two fingers at ourselves first before we point a finger at anyone else. Father, I pray, asking, oh God, that you will protect us in our uprising and in our down sitting while we're going out and when we come in, God. While we are awake and while we are asleep, cover us, oh God, with the blood of the Lamb. In the name of Jesus, for your word says, Oh God, that who the Son says free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we know, my Heavenly Father, that since Jesus had laid down his life on Calvary, oh God, that we are set free of the things that hold us captive. Even if that means our own emotions, our own guilt, our own conscience, oh God, even blindness, God. In the name of Jesus, I ask my Heavenly Father that you would order our steps and even in this situation, cause us to be the head and not the tail, that you and you alone may be glorified. And I give you all glory, all praise, and all honor as it is rightly and justly due to you, El Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, El Roy. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Shalom tribe and God bless you all.